1: Well, good morning. It's so good to be with you guys. Can't wait. Who, how many of you are uh, Thanksgiving people? Like this is your holiday. This is it. This is your holiday. Okay. How many of you? <laughs> a very, a very quick arm by Ryan Burrow <laughs> to my, to my, to my left. Uh, how many of you are? Uh, let's just skip on past Thanksgiving and move right on into Christmas, people. Yeah, my people. <laughs> That's good. I like you guys. I still like Thanksgiving, and I still love the food. I just want to have my Christmas tree up, okay? That's all I'm saying. That's it. Like, it just feels better eating turkey and, you know. There also are—I'm not going to really get into this. There are right and wrong ways to, celebrate, uh, to to have a Thanksgiving meal. We can discuss that in the lobby afterwards. There'll be a forum in the corner, <laughs> this little side over here, just so you know. I like to discuss it uh, with whoever uh, cares. So, but we, uh, we have over the last— seven weeks. I've been in a series called Why Church? And uh, we've been looking at uh, why do we do the things that we do? So we've looked at things like why do we teach other Bible or teach the scriptures? Uh, we've looked at why do we have prayer and service? Why we Each week we take uh, communion together uh, at the end uh, of our message, we'll, we'll take communion. Why do we do that? Why do we, uh, why do we care that people are connected? Uh, and so today we're wrapping up that series, and we're talking about uh, missions or outreach. Why, why does a church uh, invest time, money, energy into missions? Um, and uh, I'm excited about today because I think it's good. I think there's, today we're going to be talking about um, b- basically three areas uh, that that we we would like to be uh, involved missionally at Mission City Church. Gonna, two of them are more traditional. One of them is is not uh, uncommon, but a lot of people wouldn't associate it in in the missions category. But I'm going to put it there today. Uh, you know, you have your typical local and uh, and global missions, and then today we're specifically going to talk about disciple making because I do think that that is a huge part of a church uh, being missional. Uh, and what we've hopefully discovered, and maybe we've known this all along, is that the church. Uh, is, 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 is design is a, a tool that God uses to make himself known uh, to declare who God is in this world and what he 's done in this world. And this is what God does. God has partnered with people from the very beginning, from, from Adam and Eve. He partnered with them. He said, hey, I wanna, you're going to be my image bearers to all of creation. He, when they messed up, he did it with the nation of Israel. He called a man named Abraham, and him and his family were going to be a blessing to all nations. And, and when that uh, experiment didn't go well, he sent himself to be the example to humanity, laid down his life, and then rose again, and then invited uh, all those who believed that Jesus is the saving king to partner with him on extending his kingdom and his good news uh, to the world around us. And so that's what we're uh, to be about. That's what a church is to be about. That's what we are to do. That is the mission, a laser-focused mission, to uh, tell the world that Jesus is the saving king, that he died on the cross and rose again, so that we could be saved from our sins and forgiven, and that he's Lord, that he reigns right now, that he is reigning right now, and then therefore I will surrender uh, my will and, and my, my desires to his will and his way, and I will live for him with everything that I do. And so we get to partner with him. And then that also means that we, we, we because we surrender to his will and his way, that means we live our lives modeled after him. And so, yeah, and so a a church should be missional. We have discipleship groups here, um, and and, in one of the. and in discipleship group, there's, there's, a, we, there's some shapes that we kind of talk about that have different topics. And uh, even on this illustration, there's a triangle on here. And if you've been in one of our discipleship groups, uh, some of you actually hate this triangle, which is fine. You don't have to. But the, the discipleship triangle is, um, it basically talks about the balance that a church should have uh, in approaches in three areas. There's the up, this, this upward worship towards God should be uh, something. There's the in, which is the fellowship, the koinonia that is amongst believers, the the growth that happens, the community that happens because we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And then there is the out, the the missional focus of it. And those threes combined should be a, a, an equal portion of the church. And so we're going to be focusing on this outward that we don't want to just be a church that, like what we just did is was the is this upward, right? It's we just worshiped and spent time 20 minutes singing and glorifying God because he's worthy of our praise. And that's one of the things that churches do. Uh, we also don 't only want to be about community, but we want to be about community if you If you hang out with us long enough you 'll realize that there is there, is, there are communities and, and, and people here that we share together that we are in Christ and that we have this deep affection for one another and we want to do life together and, and hopefully that 's in some ways seen in, in the just getting up and standing and and having a conversation uh, just for that little break before the sermon. But we also want to be missional. We want to be outward. We want to have this, a portion of our time devoted to this outward focus, this missional focus uh, in the world as well. And so like I said earlier, there's three distinctions that we're going to be talking about today. The first is disciple-making, which I think is... uh, People might not think that disciple making is that. They might think that's more inward, which it is. There's some spiritual growth, but I do think it's also a huge outward thing because, uh, in two of the more famous commands of Jesus, uh, and specifically in the two last things that he said in scripture, you have the great commission, which is to go and make disciples of all nations. That is the mission. That is the laser-focused mission from Matthew 28. And then uh, you have uh, this global outreach that should not just be where you currently are planted, but should go out into the nations. Uh, And then also we shouldn't just care about uh, the nations or ourselves, we should care about our city as well. So we'll be looking at those three things today. So let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 28, uh, verses 16 through 18. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Uh, if you don't, it will be on the screen. And this is, one of, uh, this is one of the more famous passages and famous words of Jesus, if you've never heard these before. Literally, Jesus has resurrected. He's spending his last few moments with his disciples. And uh and and he's gonna give them a commission, which is great. So it's, it says this, many of you have heard this before. It says this in verse sixteen, he says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee. I thought there were twelve disciples. Where's the twelfth disciple? He goes, No. Judas. He's already yeah, it's, he he betrayed Jesus and He was probably already dead at this point. So to to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them, and I love this. I love this when they saw him. So they go to where Jesus told them. When they saw him, what do they do? They worshipped him. But some doubted, and I I love that you get the tension there. Uh, I'm sure Thomas doubted because he's a doubt. He's the doubting one. You know we know we know that right. Um, But I love that you get the tension there. So we saw you die. Now you're resurrected. And some, some of us in the room are like, wow, I, I'm worshiping. Like that, That's the only response I have. And some of us are like, I don't know if this is real or not. This is crazy. What's going on? And, uh, and then he says to them, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is, this is in Jesus' lordship. This is in Jesus being king. The father has given all authority to Jesus. He's given all authority to the son, which is good news for us. So, so then, what he says? This: Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, to the end of the age. And he's saying, Hey, what what do I want you to do? You are king. I have all authority. So this is what I'm going to tell you to do. As my follower, I want to call you to go and make disciples of all nations. I want you to go and make John Mark Comer. We like him around here a lot. Uh, He he would say it this way. I want you to go and make apprentices uh, of Jesus because we don't use the word disciple in our our modern context. Uh, And I want you to do that. And I want you to do that uh, with your whole life. And I want you to do that. And I want you to do that with every person that you possibly can. And I want you to do that every place on the entire earth. And the, So what should we tell them after we baptize them and they believe that you're, you're king? To do everything that I've taught you. Okay, cool. That's easy, Jesus. Thank you. There's a lot that you've taught me. Um, but th- this, is, this is the command. that We are to go and make apprentices of Jesus, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And then we're supposed to, to, to model and to show them and to teach them the way of Jesus, how Jesus lived and walked. And I'd say this is, um, I grew up. I grew up at a church, uh, it was called Grace Fellowship Church. It's really funny. My life has been uh, full circle in some ways. It, they, they called it Grace. I grew up there, I was four years old, to, out of college. Worked there, uh, moved to Colorado, then moved to Kansas. Worked at another church called Grace, which is really funny to me. And, and all my friends, when I talk to them, they're like, which Grace? Because you worked here, there for six years, you were there for 23. Which one, right? But for me, the first Grace, uh, the one back in Atlanta was super focused uh, on discipleship. Like it was, it was their thing. If you said, this church is, what are they about? They, they are about discipleship. And they were specifically about discipling the, the next generation. And it was a really backward, not backward church, but not, numerically, it's like they had so many kids compared to adults because of the amount of time and resources that they put into discipling the next generation, which for me triggered a love and desire for youth ministry. That's why I did that for about a decade. Uh, but as I've planted, as, as we've planted, Mission City is is multiply disciples is actually a is one of our one of our values as a church is we want to multiply disciples, and as a, a church full of young families, I can't wait to grow in and to to, to carry on that vision of we want to be a, a church that disciples the next generation. We do like we want you to raise your kids. To follow Jesus, who will point other people to follow Jesus, we absolutely do. I can't wait. And guess what? We got a lot of babies in the room, and we got a lot of babies on the way in the room, and we got a lot of. There's just a lot of kids, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, if you are, are worried about that, then you should go serve in our kids ministry because that we need you. But, but as I as I think about this, is as I think about us in our current state, is I I I want this hunger, this desire, to be inside of all of you. Uh, we've been talking about maturity uh, as a church over the last probably four months. If you've been here, you've hit a service, you might have heard me say, like, we, one of the things I desire for all of you is to grow up. I want you to become more spiritually mature. And, uh, and, and a part of that is recognizing where are you at uh, on uh, something I'm about to show you in this disciple-making period uh, pyramid. So if we can go to that, this next slide. Uh, this is something that was actually taken as a tool that was used at the, the, the first Grace uh, that I worked at, Grace in Atlanta. And it was used to help us identify uh, where, where people were. If I misspelled a word, just let me know. Okay, it's very, very possible. Very possible. Um, today I was writing the word neighbor, and I was like, how do you spell neighbor? And then I was staring at it. And any time you look at something on a slide, did I misspell any word? Some of those aren't words, but no, no, I didn't miss. Praise God. Okay, good. Anyway, so, um, but what we would do is, as uh, this is when I was younger, but we we would look at this, and and the goal was to. Uh, this isn't about like. Okay, I'm gonna make a, cl- a clarifying statement. So, we don't believe in. Uh, this isn't works based. We believe in grace by faith. All this other stuff too, but we do believe that there is a there's a tier level of, grow- of growth that can happen in someone where. If, if you were there long enough, you knew that the aim of spiritual maturity was someone that became a maker of disciple-makers or a leader of leaders. And so this, is kind of, this would track uh, all people because the distracted people are people who uh, don't follow Jesus. Uh, they're the people who uh, would be, uh, we would call them lost, or uh, they might be called the nuns in our society, the, the non-religious affiliate. Uh, they also might be, at this point, uh, in, in called an exvangelical. I don't know if you've had a friend that has uh, deconstructed over the last you know, couple of years. This kind of got popular during COVID when we had a lot of time to think and not to do a lot of things. And so people started doing a lot of that stuff. Um, and maybe they were at some point following Jesus, and now they're like, I'm kind of out. But this is just, in general, that—and um, these are the people that, when you talk to them, they have no desire to have a spiritual conversation And so, because there's different levels. Attracted is also someone who is not a follower of Jesus or not an apprentice of Jesus, but uh, they're at least open to this. They're open to a conversation. And you can probably distinguish that. Um, like if you ever said, you know, like, hey, how can I pray for you? And they roll your eyes like, I don't really want your prayer. Okay, you're probably distracted. Like, we're good. I'll, we'll check in in a couple weeks um, or a couple months. And then you have someone that maybe, maybe you offer to pray for someone or you're sharing about how you've processed it and that they're interested, they're intrigued, and they want to know more. That's the distinction between that. And then the moment the person becomes a follower of Jesus, they become a disciple. They become a disciple of Jesus or an apprentice of Jesus. Now, different levels of maturity exist in this as well. Um, and then uh, to climb even higher, uh, do you know how you become a disciple maker? Is when you start uh, leading someone and modeling someone uh, how to follow Jesus. And so for if you're in, in our context, if you've been in a discipleship group and then you have started your own discipleship group, you have now just become a disciple maker, which is very profound. Uh, and then later on, uh, as you've been doing this throughout the years, you become a leader of leaders, you become um, a maker of disciple makers, is that you're, you are literally looking to empower, to invest, to support other people who are living their lives to making disciples as well. And this is the goal. And it, th- this is the goal. Of when I remember seeing this when I was 14 years old, and I said, I'm going to devote my life to, to, to making disciples to being a disciple maker or in, in, in hopes of becoming a maker of disciple makers as well. Now, one of the things that we're, we're going to talk about a few other things, so I don't have time to break down this whole thing as well. But uh, one of, the, one of the, a useful tool for you as you're, as you're thinking about this, how does this apply to you is, well, where are you at in this paradigm? Like, where are you at in this, in, in this triangle? Um, and, and then also, how does one, if I'm a leader, if I'm trying to move people uh, up, up the pyramid, if you will, or up the triangle, uh, is how do I move someone from distracted to attracted? But how do you do that? How would you do that? Because I can't go have a Bible study with that person because they're distracted. They don't care. They don't want to do anything with it. I can't, I, even when I open up spiritual conversations, they're not interested in doing that. And so um, there's, there, the way that you move from a person distracted to attracted, because we still want to reach the people that want nothing to do with Jesus as well, is it's, it's 90% relationship, and it's 10% knowledge. 90% relationship, 10% knowledge. This is where when people say, I don't like to talk about my faith, I just want to live out my faith. This is where I'm saying, amen, go do that right here. This is the appropriate place to do that. Living out your faith, modeling for them, what does it look like to be full of grace? What does it look like to be kind? What does it look like to be a person of peace? What does it look like to forgive when it's really hard to forgive? What does it look like to be a person of mercy? Now, if I, if I move from, how do I move from attracted to disciple? It actually flips. It, it actually becomes 90% knowledge or information and 10% relationship. Because I'm attracted now, but now I need to know what does what, what following Jesus mean? What, is it, what does it mean that Jesus is the saving king? What does it look like that? And I need to understand what the good news is. I need to understand what the cross and the death and resurrection of Jesus means, which means maybe you're having a a Bible study with this person. Maybe you're working through the gospel of John. Maybe you're doing something else like this. Uh, And then the person becomes a disciple. How does does a disciple become a disciple maker? It actually flips back again to where it's actually 90% caught or it's relational uh, and 10% taught, whereas... In our context, we do these discipleship groups. You spend about 18 months, 24 months with a group of people, and the person is like Paul in First 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, who says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Someone is in, you're inviting a person to come and to follow your life and to imitate the way that you pursue Jesus together. Uh, And then disciple maker to maker is it's knowledge. Again, it flips one more time because as you learn new tools, as you become an expert in spiritual practices, as you become an expert in leading people and so on and so forth. So um, I show you this because number one is I desire, I've said this, I don't say this publicly uh, often, I don't think, uh, but I've said this before is if we only make it to five years old or we only make it five years more from now. So Mission City, we're three years old right now if we make it two more years down the road, if we make it you know, five more years down the road, whatever it is, my hope would be is, is I would be okay if we didn't exist um, if we had a group of people who were disciple makers and makers of disciple makers. That this was just a little experiment that the Lord did for five to seven years to grow a group of people to, who, who had a hunger for making disciples a hunger for, for, for people to pursue the way of Jesus with their entire lives. And, 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 and that it was just done. And then we just went and what do we do the rest of our lives? Well, we just made disciples for the next 50 years. We just made disciples for the next 50 years and we kept doing it over and over and over and over and over again. We just made disciples of princes of Jesus. And so, uh, uh, so one is where are you in this? And then two is um, what, what steps do you need to take to, to get to a place. And if you're, if you're distracted, gra- glad you're here, let's hang out. That, that would be my, my statement. Let's g- grab a cup of coffee. If you're attracted, like let's go and study, let's go study, uh, study a, 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 the book of John together. Let's go have a conversation more about that, but let's do something different. If you're a disciple, join, or, and you haven't been in a, a discipleship group, like join one of those. Uh, if you've, you are a disciple and you have yet to start a group or to invite someone to follow you, then do that, and if you are a maker disciple makers, keep doing it. Keep investing in other people. Like my dream is that we would have we would be a church of spiritual mothers and fathers who invest and pour back into other people. Now you might have fear right now. You might be like, hey, this isn't for me. I'm not really a leader. Uh, I don't. I'm not really worth following. You might have doubt or uncertainty uh, that has crept in and that's keeping you from doing this. And this is the only thing I would say is if you're saying, hey, this isn't for me, is what I would say to you is. This is Jesus' last command, or second-to-last command, depending on how you time them out. But one of his last commands to his, his followers, to his disciples. And, and it is to, to be continually listened to as, as we've gone into the future. Meaning, this command is for you. This command is for you. This is command is for the church. This command is for us to make disciples. And so, how can you do it? How can you invite someone in to follow you as you follow Jesus as simply as it is? This is a command to every single person. And so, and and, and the other thing I would say is some of you are going to be better at influencing different parts of it because if you're wiring, what I mean by that is we've talked about the APES before um, from Ephesians 4, different roles in the church that God has given the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. If you're an evangelist, you know where you're going to camp out and hang out and be useful in the church? Where do you think you're going to hang out at? Go ahead, we know. Where are you going to be at? Distracted, attracted, yeah, because you're going to be hanging out with people that don't know Jesus. Where are the pastors going, the shepherds going to be hanging out? Where are they going to be hanging out? They're going to be the D group leader that signs up for another group every year. I want to do it again. I want to do it again. I want to do it again. Where are the, the, the apostolic going to, be? They're going to be? They're going to get to the top so they can tell people and point people what to do, and, uh, and the teachers, they're also going to be kind of in that disciple-maker phase. They're just going to stay there over and over and over again, and so you can find your niche in this as well, like how do, you, how do you compliment other believers and how do you compliment the church as well, but if you're not participating in this process, then you're not participating in the command, the missional command of God to make disciples, and let's not do that. Like, let's be a part of what God has called us to do. Let's be a part of the mission of God. So disciple making—that's a huge part of it. The second one is uh, that's a little bit more formal. Like when you talk about missions at church, you typically talk about one of the things you talk about is international missions, right? I'm an international businessman. No, I'm not. All right, here we go. Acts one eight <laughs> uh, says this. You can turn your Bibles. We're doing the we're doing the, the the mission mission conference greatest hits today. is what this is called. So he says he says this uh, just just first eight. He says but you will receive power again. This is, this is like right before Jesus goes up and is at the right hand of the Father, right? He says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so the good news of Jesus is to go out to the nations, to all nations, and you start in your your city, and you you ask the question, where can I be a witness? We're not asking the question, can I get a witness? We're saying, where can I be a witness? Where can I tell, and what's a witness, right? It's it's someone that basically says, uh, tells what they've seen and heard Jesus do in their lives. That's, that's a huge part of it, too. It's like sometimes I think when you, when you hear the, the outreach thing or you hear the I need to be more outward, or, I need to be an evangelist, it's like we get nervous and we're like, all right, got to make sure i got my Romans road all figured out. And that's, a, that's a way to share the gospel. i got to figure out how am I going to share the gospel. And, and that might, like, yes, you should be able to communicate the gospel. Please learn how to do that if you don't. But you also are just need to communicate what are you seeing and hearing God do in your life right now? What prayer has God answered in the last week or two? What has God t- t- taught you over the last couple of weeks as you've been in the, listening to our devotionals on, um, uh, on our podcast? Or as you have been doing the reading plan? What has God taught you? What's one thing that stuck out to you? Maybe you had an anxious moment and this verse helped remind you and you have a friend who is anxious and you share that verse with that person. That is you bearing witness to what you've seen Jesus do in your life. Maybe it's forgiveness. I think it's amazing. I mean, Jesus' forgiveness is is, is unmatched. That you receive His forgiveness and you are able to offer forgiveness because of His incredible compassion and mercy and love for you as well. We tell people what they've done, uh, and so. So we do that. We start in our city and then, then we have a heart for the nations and, and and we look for a broader sense of what God is doing in the Midwest or in the greater Kansas, Kansas slash Missouri area. Uh, and then it grows from the next area and it gets bigger circles. And then we, we look, what is God doing in the US as a whole? And how can we be a part of what, is, what He's doing there? And then we go to the ends of the earth. So that looks like going to unreached places. That looks like going to to, to, to different parts of the world as well. Now at Mission City, we, we have uh, one kind of confirmed partner that we do stuff with every year, and we're working on a second one as well. So uh, if you are interested in fulfilling this part of, of uh, what God has called us to do missionally, uh, we have two trips for 2024, unofficial trips. One's official, one will be official, but it's just, you know, don't hold, hold me t- exactly to the exact dates, please. Um, so the first one is, is Brazil. It's in February. Uh, that's one of our partners. We have missionaries who work with uh, a pastor and his wife um, in uh, a village called Jaca de Quata where we're trying to plant a church there. And uh, we are going to go in the end of February. Now, you are invited to go on this trip. But before you sign up for this trip, you need to talk to me because not everyone can handle this trip. And, I'd, and if you can't handle this trip... And all love, just know if i if I'm like I don't know, just know that I still care I'm saying that because I care about you as a person <laughs> and i'll I'll just uh so basically what we do is we fly about takes us about twenty hours to get there because it's in the middle of nowhere, and then we'll we'll arrive about three o'clock in the morning. We'll get on a van, and we'll drive five to ten hours, depending on if the roads open or closed, to get to this village, where we'll get on a boat to go another five hours to get to this village where you won't have service for four to five days. And uh, then we'll sleep in hammocks, uh, and we will avoid getting bit by snakes, alligators, and lots of bugs. There's a chance you get sick. There's a lot of things. But the good news is, we're going to get to uh, read, uh, do Bible studies with uh, l- people that don't know Jesus. They're attracted on that model. Um, we're going to get to encourage a pastor who reaches out to these people once a month, and then we're going to get to share the gospel with the lost, which is going to be great. So, a lot of fun, but if you don't like... Oh, it's also uh, typically about 90 degrees during the day uh, if it's sunny and 100% humidity. So, just just know that if you do come, we'll be, uh, we'll be having some conversations. So, now, if, you, if that's something that doesn't sound as much fun to you, um, now, some of you are like, that sounds awesome. That's really rough in it. Is Bear's, does Bear's Grills live there? Um, also, they'll take, we do these like, let's go find let's go Cayman. Let's go find Caymans or let's go find... These people have no clue. Like they're not tour guides, so they have no idea. They're like, yeah, sure, I've seen a Cayman. And then we, we literally go out in this boat in the middle of the Amazon. And I'm like... Fifteen minutes in, I realize they have no idea what we're doing, and I want to die. So, but it's okay. But I can't because I'm, I can't speak Portuguese. Now, if that seems a little difficult for you, um, there's a better trip uh, in a in a more. Uh, it's just probably easier. It's Paris. Okay, um, we there's a church planner uh, that started a church in Paris uh, and in downtown Paris, and uh, we're trying to work out a relationship with them to kind of be uh, partners. And uh, if you're more, if, if someone might call you extra, this is the trip for you. It's Paris, okay? But you know, Paris is super lost. It's super post-church. Uh, it's, it's super uh, in need of, of, of people who uh, love that city because a lot of people have moved on from, uh, from Western Europe because a lot of people say, well, they've had their chance, so let's just move on. And now there's a ton, a ton of nuns or they're, they're Catholic but they don't believe or there's a lot of atheist population and there's a lot of Muslim population too. And so huge place, it, it, it debatably is, Paris is an unreached city and it's, and, and it's uh, outright if you really look at some of that stuff. And so... Um, we, we want to go back or we want to re-reach the city because it's, it's left it. So anyway, but, but we, and as a church plan, like, we're, we're three years old. Why are we doing nation stuff? Because the Lord commanded us to be his witnesses uh, in our, our city, but also to take the, the name of Jesus to the ends of the earth. And we want to be a part of that. And I want you to pray for things that are going on around the world. I want you to pray for things that are going on and care about what God is doing in the world as well. And then the, the last one is this, is that we do, we do stuff for our city too is that, we, that, that missions is, is, is for the city, is that, 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 that a huge chunk about missions is, is for the city that you are actually a part of, is where can you make Jesus known or where can you bear witness to Jesus in, in the city? The people that are near you, it could be the people that are distracted, uh, it could be the people, um, it could be your neighbor. We talked about that uh, in the spring about how if you're like, I don't know where to start, well, start with just getting to know your neighbors, and learning their names, and being in their lives. Uh, another thing I, I want to mention, too, is I, I read a book, or I didn't finish it. I listened to a book, and I'm almost done with it. Uh, it's, it's called The Great De-Churching in America. And his, the point of it was that the biggest transition in uh, the American church, even greater than uh, any of the Great Awakenings, happened f- uh, from the early 2000s to now, and it's called The Great De-Churching. And it's 40 million people uh, have left the church is essentially what it is. And that's the biggest, the biggest exodus in the church in the United States. And they do researches on different, um, d- they've classified them into different groups. Uh, and the, the, the fascinating thing is that over half of these people would come back to church if uh, someone invited them or someone spent time with them to have a conversation with them. Now some of it's like it might need to be a different church than uh, the one that they grew up in, like their parents were aggressive, and it was difficult for them to to to, to come back. Uh, but it also could be that they just need a friend to invite them. And I would bet, pretty penny, that most of us, if not all of us, uh, know someone in our lives that has walked away, that maybe went to college with, high school with, that you, like you're you're somewhat close to them, and that they don't follow Jesus. And uh, or they did, and they don't currently, or they don't go to church, and literally they're just looking for a friend to invite them, and they're not opposed to it. We call that the attracted. We call that the the easiest thing. And now some of these people might have not been believers to begin with. Some of them might might be. We don't know. There there's that's a that's a spectrum. It depends on their uh, experience and their tradition that they grew up in. But that's that's a group of people in your city that you can reach. That's a group of people in your city that you can reach. It's just hey, who's my who's like? Let me think about my friends from high school. Who who, who like was really close to the Lord and now is not? I'm going to call them. Or who, who, who used to go to church with me and now they don't? I'm going to call them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send them a text. Just an invite. And it might work. And they might tell you no, and guess what? That's not, that's not an indictment on you as a person. That's okay. Ask them again. And, and, and get, get them to a point where they tell you, not like aggressively, but figure out if they're more attracted or if they're like, no, I don't want anything to do with this. Alright, cool. Let's go hang out and watch the Chiefs. So, but that, that's a huge area. And then also for us, it's our kids. Like we want to, I said this earlier, but in our city, like we want to disciple and raise our kids to follow Jesus. But also as more people, uh, more people in the city, we want to we have impact there. Jeremiah 29, seven says this. It'll be on the screen. It says, but seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you in exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For it is the welfare you will find your welfare. Wo- wo- oh, I can't say it, talk, excuse me. For you will find your wo- I can't talk. I can't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to try to do it again. I'm sorry. You can read yourselves. You're all adults. <clears throat> My tongue is tied. Um, but we are commanded to 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 seek the welfare of our city, to 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 do good in our city, to be a blessing uh, in our city. And when we do that, like we'll receive blessing as well. And so, what does this look like as a, as a Christ follower? Is that we pray t- for our city, like Jesus prayed in Matthew six. We pray that his kingdom would come. We pray that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. That, 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 that we would exhibit what the family of God, what the body of Christ is supposed to exhibit uh, uh, in this real life. That we would be people of grace. That when people came into contact with us, they would experience mercy and forgiveness and justice. That we would be advocates for the broken and hurting because Jesus is our advocate and we are broken and we are hurting. And we, we, we would encourage all of you to just be for the city with the spaces that God has given you. Start in your neighborhood or at your workplace or maybe you have a hobby that you, you do. Maybe you just got really into pickleball and this is your new thing, Right? Uh, we have uh, and I, I do want to mention this like we have grants available we we have set aside money available for outreach has if you have an idea and, but you don 't have the funds to fund your idea or your dream, you can put this on your connect card like outreach fund but like we want to we want to support it we want to we want to fund it for you so that you can do whatever God's called you to do. I want to, go fee, I want to go pass out jackets to the homeless because it's starting to get cold, or socks because it's starting to get cold. Cool, let's go to Costco and buy as many socks as we possibly can, and, and we want to fund it. Hey, I, I, um, I really care about people who are in recovery ministry. We, one, we can partner you with one that we know of, uh, and then we also can, if you want to do things to bless those people, we can help you do that. Hey, I... Um, I uh, anything. It could be anything. We would love to fund it as well. Uh, Matthew 5 says this. I'm going to invite Evan to come back up. Matthew 5 says this. This is, this is how I think about missionally. This is what he's inviting them to. He says, you are the light of the world. This is, he's sitting in, off the Sea of Galilee. This is a Sermon on the Mount. He's sitting and he's talking to probably a thousand people and he's saying, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. This is missions right here nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand and gives light to all in the house. So he says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. When we seek out the good of the city, when we seek out the good of the city, what does it do? It allows us to allow the light that Jesus has illuminated in us by the Holy Spirit to shine into the dark world so that they will see the good things that we're doing. And do what? Not give you glory, not give you a pat on the back, but to glorify the Father, that they'll see the Father as well. And so Christ has invited you to lifelong kingdom building. He's invited you to, to lifelong caring about, bearing witness of Jesus to the, to the nations. He's invited lifelong caring for the city. He's invited you to lifelong disciple making. And will you participate in it? It's not a question of like, oh, I don't have time for that. It might be. But if he's your king, then and it's a command, then it's a, then it's really just a question of surrender and obedience. It's a question of, if Jesus told me to do this, to make disciples, like my life, then what does it become? I'm, I'm going to be a disciple maker. It might not be, I might not be the guy leading the discipleship group every all the time, but you know what? I'm really good at hanging out with people and getting them from distracted to attracted. You know what? It might be, it might be, you know what I'm really good at? I'm really good at explaining the good news of Jesus to them. It could be that, no, I'm actually really good at being patient with people for 18 months and showing them and, and, and being an example of spiritual practices to them. Jesus has called you to make disciples of all nations. He's called you to make disciples, he's called you to participate in his work of making him known. Would you pray? So Lord Jesus, we ask that you would move in our service as we respond. God, I would love you. Thank you for partnering with us, Lord. We love you so much. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mission City Church podcast. Mission City Church is a non-denominational church in Mission, Kansas. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Merriam Community Center off Slater Street between Johnson Drive and Shawnee Mission Parkway. We also have five community groups that meet throughout the KC Metro. If you live in the Kansas City area and would like more information, please visit our website at missioncitykc.com or send me an email at jake at missioncitykc.com.